Welcome to Interviews for Resistance. We are now into the second year of the Trump administration, and the last year has been filled with ups and downs, important victories, successful holding campaigns, and painful defeats. We've learned a lot, but there's always more to learn and more to be done. In this now weekly series, we talk with organizers, agitators, and educators, not only about how to resist, but how to build a better world. I am Sarah Jaffe, your host. Uh, my name's Debbie Beard. I'm currently an assistant manager out here at Babies R Us in Phoenix, Arizona. Been with the company for 29 years and still going strong. And I'm Carrie Gleason. I'm the director of the Fair Work Week Initiative um, at Center for Popular Democracy and working on this effort to support uh, people working at Toys R Us alongside organization United for Respect. So start out, Debbie, tell us about your quite a long time at, at Toys R Us and Babies R Us, um, and what's changed with the company over time? Uh, well, basically, as I said, I've been here 29 years, started out as a seasonal employee, walked in, was hired in five minutes, and have pretty much helped um, almost any position in the stores that were, was available, leading remodels and things like that. It's always been a family-oriented company until the um, – it went from public to private in 2005 when uh, Bain Capital and KKR bought out, this, uh, bought out the company along with Bornado. And it's just once that happened, we kind of started losing the, the family um, part of the company. They didn't really care, seemed to care too much about the investing time in the employees or anything. They restructured, as they say, which normally happens on a buyout like that, but, you know, full-time mm-hmm. people lost positions, benefits, and things like that. Uh-huh. And so when the latest round of uh, financial difficulties, as they, they say, leading to them saying that they're going to close the stores, um, tell it, like sort of walk us through, I guess, when you heard about that, when you started to hear that there were problems and what you were thinking. Well, I guess it kind of starts back in September. We knew, you know, the company was struggling and stuff. So we had this big, huge rally. The company put together a rally regionally for all the store managers and assistant managers to bring them in. And just uh, at that point in time kind of reassured them that the company was doing fine. They were hoping to have a really great season and then um, – it, we should, that should pull us out of it and make it, you know, we'd be able to continue. And then January was when we heard that they were going to have to go ahead and because they filed it. And then after the rally, they filed the Chapter 11 bankruptcy. And then um, January was when they went and said that they were going to have to, they were going to try closing 182 stores at that point in time right. and then hopefully be able to save the rest of them. And then we were blindsided in March that the whole story, the whole company was going into liquidation at that point. Yeah. How did you get connected with the folks at at Center for Popular Democracy and and Organization United for Respect? Actually, my store manager, Tracy Forbes, uh, she was talking to me about it. And her and I have been together for quite some time, both of us pretty much the same tenure and thing. So she, you know, talked me talked to me about it, and then I got on board. Yeah, great. And so tell us what the next steps are, what the organization is, is doing, and, and both bringing attention to this situation and how it's, it's certainly not limited to Toys R Us, but also trying to save people's jobs. 
Well, I know we're in the planning stages of that. I'm, you know, I'm sure you have the details on the actions that we did come on Wednesday mm-hmm. as far as marching on Bain's Capital and so forth and so on. And I know we have a conference call today to make some more plans, but uh, I understand there's a an action happening sometimes around June 1st and so forth. As I say, I'm pretty new to it, getting into the conference calls and stuff, so hopefully I'll have a lot more information after this afternoon. Carrie could probably fill <laughs> okay. you in a little more on that one. <laughs> yeah, Carrie, why don't you uh... – well, actually, let's start, Carrie, um, give us a little bit more background about what is going on broadly in retail with these companies, these, you know, buyouts from private equity firms and, and things like that. Um, you know, just, just give us a rundown on, like, what that is. Yeah. So, you know, this this, this began um, – this has been going on for, for quite some time where, um, you know, and during the, the recession about 10 years ago now, uh, retail companies started to turn to these private equity firms to help them with their financial struggles. Uh, many retail companies were bought out through these, these, this process called a leveraged buyout. Um, right. In the case of Toys R Us, what happened was uh, in 2005, the company only had 30% debt. And then as mm-hmm. soon as K- KKR and Bain Capital bought it out, that flipped, and the company went to 70% debt and only 30% equity. And so the company has long paid back this debt, but then it's every year they had to pay these management fees and um, other kinds of basically fees to take care of bank capital from one year to the next on top of interest. And it just couldn't, there was, it became financially unviable. And then Amazon hits on the scene and all of these investors across all these retail companies look mm-hmm. at what's happening with Amazon. Last year it became the second largest retail company in America. Um, and they thought, well, you know, maybe we should get out now, right? It's going to take too much investment, capital investment to make this company competitive. And so let's just, let's just like close the doors. And so, you know, the truth is, is that you know, Toys R Us is a completely viable business. Um, many of these other retail companies that are closing doors, like Nine West are completely viable businesses. But the problem right. is, is that the owners aren't looking to run the business of of in retail. Um, so, you know, so it's a big problem. And then there's also, you know, it's not just this private equity ownership. Big companies like Macy's and Kohl's have other kinds of debt that are really crippling them in this moment where they actually need mm-hmm. to be changing their strategies uh, for the kind of new new retail industry that's emerging. Yeah. And so as a result, I will say, a lot of people are losing their jobs. Um, a lot of hardworking women like Debbie are losing their jobs. Um, and this is, this is a disaster, a financial crisis that can completely be avoided if we just regulate these Wall Street firms. Yeah. And since we're talking on Sunday and it is Mother's Day, um, I should ask about the fact that it is a lot of women who work in a lot of these retail stores. Yeah, Debbie, do you want to talk about about how it's impacting moms at your store? Well, um, there are, you know, there's several single moms in my store. <laughs> I get emotional about, about this. I'm sorry. You know, okay. I've got mom, uh, Melissa. Melissa, she's got three young boys under six trying to, you know, make a living because she's a single mom. Julie has a, you know, a specific schedule because she's taking care of her mom. 
So it's mm-hmm. just it's it's just gonna upset their whole lives, you know, trying to go in. Julie Julie matter of fact has been with this store for twenty one years. She opened this store and now she's gonna close it. Oh, so it's just yeah. just sad to see them, you know, trying to struggle, find a new job to fit what the criteria that they need and then not you know, not know what's gonna happen. So and yeah. no help from the from Bain Capital to, to uh help them get through that period till they can, can secure another job. Certainly. And just for everybody's uh, reminder, I guess, because we, we heard the term bank capital a lot in 2012, maybe not so much since then, but Mitt Romney's running for office again. So uh, <laughs> remind us a little bit about bank capital and who that is. Well, I mean, for, I'm not familiar with everything. Yeah. I, honestly, I'm not, you know, I, I don't pay a lot of attention to business other than what pertinent to me i've learned i did learn a lot when i went to dc more and more about the numbers and things like that i understood he was out of staying capital at this point Mm -hmm. i know he was with them at some point so that would be something you would have to confirm because i understood he was no longer with them Mm -hmm. but uh between them and uh kkr i know they're the private equity and from what i understand bernardo's more of a real estate company versus a private equity but, uh, you know, it, to get more information on him and his position in the company, I would have to, you know, defer that to you or Carrie yeah. to get more information on that. Yeah. 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 I will say, like, Bain Capital, this isn't the first toy store that Bain Capital um, destroyed. KB Toys, we might all remember, mm-hmm. um, also went under yeah. the ownership of Bain Capital, and that was further back um you know that probably closer to the time when Mitt Romney was involved but but this is a model right that Mitt Romney right. was like right. at the at the kind of helm of right this is like a strategy that's been in play the last like 15 or so years um that has made a lot of people money including Mitt Romney and um and so it's a problem i mean i think it was incredibly powerful to see um, you know, people who've worked, dedicated their lives to Toys R Us, go to D.C., meet with members of Congress, meet with Bernie Sanders um, to tell their stories because, you know, we're really counting on them to do something about what's happening. Yeah. And so what can they do? What are what are people asking for, you know, Congress to do on this front? Well, once upon a time, leverage buyouts were illegal. And so uh, we think the simplest solution is to just ban leverage buyouts. They shouldn't be allowed. Yeah. We're also looking, looking at other policies. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, well, that, but, I mean, we can go the patchwork approach or we can just get to the source of the problem. Either way, something needs to be done. Yeah. Yeah, when, and, like, so people, we hear the term leverage buyout, but, like, Sure, tell us what that means, and then when did it stop being illegal? Yeah, um, so the way I understand it, um, mm-hmm. I'm also not an expert. I'm learning yeah. about this because of what it's doing to people working in retail. Um, right. Is that a leverage buyout means that the uh, they use the equity within a company as um, as to pay out to to then per, like give the leverage to buy a company, right? So based off of that equity within the company, so they use the revenue from every year to pay off this debt directly to the owner. So it's not like there's a bank. It's that the owners say, 
we're going to put up the money now to put some rev- put, to put some money into the company, and then every year we're going to just take a big chunk off of the revenue to pay us back over time. And so in the case of Toys R Us, it was a five billion dollar debt that they that they took on. Um, and over the course of time, KKR and Bank Capital pocketed four hundred and seventy million dollars just in fees. Right, that was just on top of the money that they that they um that they put down. So, you know, like it's it's definitely it's like a it's a complicated process. Um but the idea is just that what in the result, right? It's not like you have the owners and then they're beholden to the banks, right? So the people in charge, you know, are still trying to run the business, right? They might have too much debt to these banks, but they're still trying to run the business. The problem with leverage buyout is that you actually give the company over to these investors who may don't really care about running a toy business, right? They don't really care about the families that are making the company successful. Um, they're just looking to make a buck. Um, and that's the problem with leverage buyout. Yeah. And they make quite a few bucks. <laughs> <laughs> they do indeed. So they do indeed. So much, <laughs> so much so that they, um, that there was no money left for severance for the 33,000 people. Um, working for Toys R Us. Yeah. So what can people do who are, you know, listening to or reading this and want to support the Toys R Us workers? Well, well, we do have a, a group. It's called Rise Up Retail. They're welcome to join and help get in the action planning when we do these these action days and things like that. And just voicing their opinion, you know, going to their congressmen, their representatives, letting them, you know, showing that letting them know how they feel. That, you know, I think the more voices that are heard will help because too much, too many people consider retail people, uh, any type of retail work, any type of, you know, waitress servicing work, uh, sometimes we all feel like we're second-class citizens. We're here to, mm-hmm. to service all of them. And, then, and you know, fortunately, most of our, our customers that come in, they understand what we're going through and stuff. But when you get up to the hierarchy, the corporate levels and stuff, they don't they, – we're just numbers on paper for them. We're here to make sure their business runs. And, you know, they could care less what, what happens to us, which is, you know, a, very apparent by not, not offering any type of severance pay. Yeah. And so this move for severance pay is the number one demand by 33,000 hardworking people working at Toys R Us. There's a petition that's taking off. Um, people can sign the petition started by Colleen Clevin, a Toys R Us associate. Um, we are – you know, connecting. We're going to the the investors in KKR and Bain Capital. Uh, we're going to be calling on the New York City Controller, New York State Controller, to to reach out to KKR and Bain Capital and ask for their support to to get worker severance pay. There's going to be meetings at the the big pension funds this week in Ohio and California, where Toys R Us, R Us associates are going to be there and say, "We need your help." Reach out to these companies. Tell them as an investor, we need you to help these workers get by. This, you know, this is wrong. Um, and then, in addition, this is long haul because this is just this is just the beginning, right? Like, 
there are more people that are going to be losing these jobs because of these bad investment deals. And um, and so we need to really, exactly what Debbie said, reach out to our members of Congress and say, we want you to do something about this. Like, if we want an economy that works, we need to really make sure there's guardrails to protect working families. So, um, you know, there's going to, this is just the beginning and, and um, you know, we really see the, the powerful leadership of, of people like Debbie and Anne Marie and Tracy, these women that, that have dedicated their lives to Toys R Us as being a part of the voices of what's going to really prevent this from happening from other to other people. Yeah, great. And where can people find the petitions and uh, the other stuff? Yeah, we will, we'll, we'll show the links with you. Um, the petition that's taking off is on Credo and also on the Rise Up Retail dot org page. Uh, you can reach out to your members of Congress through that page and show your support to uh, for Toys R Us employees. Excellent. Anything else people should know about uh, this fight? We just need all the, all the help we can get. It's going. We know it's going to be a long fight. Um, I just feel I, I'm just grateful that we've been given the opportunity to you know take our plea to Congress and stuff. Uh, the organizations have been a great, you know, a great help and support to us. And the more people we can get on board, the louder our voices will be. And it will force them to have to listen to us. Interviews for Resistance is a project of Sarah Jaffe with assistance from Laura Fayabois and support from the Nation Institute. You can find more information at necessarytrouble.org. Thanks for listening.